0: Hi, my name's Sonia, an over-egged, underpaid secretary to the under-assistant West Coast Promo Man. We're working today in a grey area in the Brown Derby Diner, where the Blue Plate Special is... Oh, I've said too
1: much. Take it away, Mr. Showbiz.
2: Thank you, Sonia. It's another wonderful edition of a Sid Podcast. Hi, hello, and how are you? It's wonderful to be here. It's certainly a thrill. There's a cultural reference. Okay, my name is Sid Griffin. It's terrific to be here. As I just said, we're going to do a special show tonight. What I've done is everybody on tonight's show is an artist who's re-recorded one of their own songs. To wit... Uh, I'm going to do a song called Final Wild Sun that I recorded with the, the Long Riders on an album called Native Sons. And we're going to play it towards the end of the show, the Cold Porters version, my, my new band, their version of Final Wild Sun. And we're going to start off with the same thing. This is the entire theme of all 11 songs tonight. This is the great Neil Young, his album Trans 1982. This is his version of Mr. Soul, a song by the Buffalo Springfield, written by, of course, the great Neil Young. Let's hear it now, and I'll talk about it later. That's a little different from the Buffalo Springfield, don't you think? Not David Crosby's favorite favorite Neil Young album at all, no sir, it's not. What happened is David Geffen had signed Neil Young from Reprise, where he'd been all those years since the Springfield for a million dollars per LP. Yeah, David Geffen was giving Neil Young a million dollars per LP for this deal in 1982. Trans comes out, and then the next album is that one, Neil Young with the Shocking Pinks. And then of course, we know what happened there. David Geffen sued Young later for deliberately making uncommercial LPs while taking Mr. Geffen's million dollars per LP and putting it in his trouser pocket. Anyway, who wants to get in that mess? Trans by Neil Young from 1982. Mr. Soul, originally done by Neil Young, was at the Buffalo Springfield. Now, the, Neil Young had a son born named Ben, who has cerebral palsy. And trans was sort of his his way of trying to communicate with his son. He'd already recorded these songs with uh, uh, Frank Sin Pedro and all the guys in Crazy Horse. They were kind of erased. And synths and a vocoder were added. It gave us the album Trans. It was his musical interpretation of of what he felt his his son, Ben, with the cerebral palsy, uh, must be feeling, the desperate urge to communicate and not being able to speak. And uh, on a a slightly different note, not a really happier note, but on a slightly different note, this is another song from another 60s icon. It's also about searching and desire and uh, things not being what they should be, but in this one, we have a very, very happy ending. This is Roger McGuinn. You know him from The Birds. On their Fifth Dimension album in 1966, the first album without Gene Clark, they recorded a song called John Riley. Years later, my God, 29 years later? What would it be? Yes, because it would be 1995. In Roger McGuinn's Folk Den, he cut John Riley again as a soloist. Folk Den is something McGuinn's where he puts up an American folk song once a month for free. Just go to Google Folk, folk Den, F-O-L-K space D-E-N, you'll find it. So anyway, let's hear Roger McGuinn doing John Raleigh, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. Roger McGuinn. The Birds, cut that song in 66, as I said, on their Fifth Dimension LP. It emanates from the, well, it emanates from 300 years ago. A lot of bluegrassers recorded that song as Pretty Fair Maid down in the garden. That's how Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys cut it. I think the folk boom of the 60s really got uh, this particular song noted when Joan Baez put it on her wonderful first album. Although, to be fair, Judy Collins put it on her album, A Maid. Constant Sorrow, which came out about two years after Joan Baez's first album. But it's it's basically the song of a man that that, that leaves home and wonders if his girl's still thinking of him. And when he gets home, he's he's changed his appearance due to the length of time away or war or whatever. And he stumbles upon her, finds his girl, and she still wants him, which is fantastic. It's basically Homer's Odyssey put to music, if you ask me, but it has a happy ending, and we're all for happy endings here at the Sid Griffin Podcast. Now Moving on to something that's back almost as sad as the first song. You know, we left, lost the great George Harrison over a decade ago. And one of the sad things about being a Beatles fan is the way they just bitch, pissed, and moaned with each other circa 1969 or throughout the early 70s. I mean, good Lord. Didn't need that, fellas. So anyway, Paul McCartney put out a live album called Back in the World. And someone told me it had a brilliant version of something on it, the George Harrison song. So I bought the CD in 2003, this two-CD live set back in the world of McCartney's. And uh, this is something done by Sir Paul McCartney from that album, and it's done in a very special way.
3: Something in the way she moves
2: Attracts
3: me like no other lover Something in the way she moves me I don't want She knows That I don't need No other lover Something in her style That shows me I don't want To leave her now
2: That's wonderful. Well done, Sir Paul. I'll I'll add to that. Yay, Paul. We love Paul. Uh, That wasn't me. That was some sound effects thing I've got. Sorry. It also does this one. Well, I don't know about that. And it does this one as well. Okay, that's enough of the sound effects machine. Anyway, Sir Paul McCartney doing a, a acoustic solo version with just ukulele of George Harrison's something. Why, you say? Well, because George Harrison was a ukulele fanatic and towards the end of his life, as Tom Petty accounts recounts in that wonderful Tom Petty documentary I saw the other night, the one that uh, Peter Bogdanovich did, it's... um. So great. He said George Harrison would would buy ukuleles and take them to dinner parties and distribute them. So everybody had a ukulele to play at the dinner party. And the dinner party could continue with people uh, doing the ukulele thing. Because you know a lot of people are going to say, well, George, I don't have a uh, ukulele. Sorry, buddy. And he'd have them. He would drive around his car, his rental car in LA, and he'd buy ukuleles. So he went to someone's house, there'd be like six ukuleles in the back of Harrison's car, in the trunk, in the boot, and he would pass them around. The guy was a ukulele fanatic. So McCarty did that wonderful version, Back in the World, two CD live set, 2003. There's another version on Concert for George, which came out just a few years after that record, which is a similar arrangement, but after halfway through the song, the whole band comes in, picking it up and giving it more of the Abbey Road kind of version. And I think that's fine and dandy, but I love that, just one man and one uh, ukulele. Speaking of one man and one ukulele... I'm going to be doing, thank you, thank you, I'm doing, Uh... no, I didn't need that one, I'm so very sorry, thank you, I'm going to be doing uh, three solo gigs here in the UK in June and I was going to do more but I'm only going to do three, the first one is June 9th, that's a Thursday, I'm solo in Topsham near Exeter. In Devon, everyone knows where uh, Topsham is. Certainly know where Exeter is, and the name of the place is the Bridge Inn. So check out me out at the Bridge Inn near uh, Exeter, Devon. Uh, June twelfth, Sunday. I'm going to be solo in Nottingham, England. Actually, Johnny Bridge was going to be with me that night, June twelfth, Sunday, Nottingham, England. I'll be at the Maze. We're going to go down a bomb. The Maze is uh, on at the Forest Tavern on in Mansfield Road in Nottingham. So that's the ninth the 12th, and on June 19th, I am literally solo at Hebden Bridge Trades Club on Home Street in Hebden Bridge. Everybody knows that one. That's Sunday, June 19th. I'm going to be doing a private party the night before, but Sunday, June 19th, Hebden Bridge. Those three gigs. I hope you come. It's going to be a smash. And now let's get back to the show. Ian McLagan of the Small Faces was, was a dear friend of mine, as was the late Ronnie Lane. In fact, now both of them are gone, sad to say. And Mac, one of the reasons we all loved Mac is he had a really soft side, just a lovely, lovely man. And he recorded an album around 2005 called Spiritual Boy, an appreciation of Ronnie Lane, Ronnie Lane being the bass player in the Small Faces and the Faces, whereas McLagan was, of course, the keyboardist. And this is a, a very touching version of a song like all these other songs that were recorded once by these artists when they were young artists. And recorded decades later in a more reflective or different take when they've had mo- most of their life and most of their career go by, when they have more yesterdays than todays. So this is 30 years down the line. McLagan recorded his his, his brother Ronnie Lane's song, and I won't tell you what song, but you'll you'll recognize it. So let's cue the music. <laughs> Small Faces never toured the United States. I loved Ichiku Park as a kid. I bought the single. Had a pink label with black type, and I think it was on, I can't remember if it was on immediate in the USA or not, but it was a pink label with black type, and I loved the song. The flip side was I'm only dreaming. I bought it when it came out. Their only big American hit, Small Faces. Just terrific stuff. And that's McLagan's version of Ichiku Park. Done in the nineteen uh, late 1990s, early, maybe around the millennium. I, I don't have the CD to hand. It was, of course, his tribute to Ronnie Lane, his dear friend in the, in the small faces. Both guys, buddies of mine, they're both gone, and I could talk about them all night, but I will move on now rather than have a rather mawkish weep fest at my two fallen comrades. Uh, they both play on this next track. No, I, I think Mac plays, I know Mac plays the keyboards on it. This is something done by Rod Stewart off his Rarities album in 2013. It was originally recorded in spring 1974 for his Smiler album, a very overproduced fifth solo album from Rod Stewart and a a disappointment to the hardcore Rod Stewart Faces fan on Your Block, which I was back in Kentucky. But this is an outtake, a different version of Bob Dylan's Girl from the North Country than the one that appeared on Smiler. And man, they should have used this take. This is beautiful. Rod, Take it away.
4: If you're travelling in the North Country Fair, where the winds hit heavy on a boat line Remember me to the one who lives there She was once a true love of mine What well, if you're going when the snowflakes fall When rivers free summer ends Please see for me She's a cold so warm To keep her from the howling wind Please see for me That her hair's hanging long And flows all Down her breast Please see for me She's a cold soul To keep her from The howling wind I'm wondering If she remembers me at all Many times I've often prayed In the darkness of my night In the brightness of my day So if you're traveling in the North Country Fair On the borderline Remember me To the one who lives there She was once a true love of mine
2: Ian McClagan on piano? I think it's Ronnie Lane on bass. This is the version that should have been on Smiler instead of the one with the airplane sound effects in the string section. Just lovely. Just lovely. It's like something off his Gasoline Alley. Gasoline Alley album, sorry. Gasoline Alley was Rod Stewart's second album. It's a classic. Understated folk, acoustic, uh, rock classic album. Before he became so many bells and whistles and scarves and satin jackets. Whatever you say, Rod. I heard you there at the end, but I didn't quite catch it. Anyway, that's Rod the Mod. Now some people call him Rod the Odd. Moving right along, uh, track six is something I heard on the BBC. And it blew my mind. Blew my mind. I heard it one Saturday. Petula Clark's always been a favorite of mine. I've loved her 60s work. She was 82 years old at the time she cut this next version. I'm not kidding. It's from her album that came out in 2014 called Cut, Copy Me. Didn't sell very well. But I think Cut, Copy, Me is just, it shouldn't be forgotten. Very well thought out album. Remember, she's 82. Now, she had a big hit with Downtown in the 60s, as we all know. When you were alone, downtown. Cut a remake of it in 1977 called Downtown 77. Cut a remake of it again in 88 called Downtown 88, imaginatively enough. And cut it a fourth time with the Saw Doctors on one of their albums about six, seven years ago. But just two years ago, she'd cut this fifth, and I pray, final studio version of Downtown. And I think it's flat out staggering. Take it away, Petula.
0: making Before the night is over Happy again The lights are much brighter
2: See, I think if you had Lady Gaga or Katy Perry or Rihanna or anyone else cut the vocal on that and keep the backing track, people would ooh and on, ah and say what a great song it was, and it would get hipster airplay on hipster stations. But because it's cut by an 82-year-old woman, now, if you don't mind me saying so, Petula, now an 84-year-old woman, people ignored it. A terrific production, Downtown by Patula Clark from 2014. Just terrific. We're going to move right along here. These are all songs recorded by artists, early in their career that revisited the exact same song later in their career and in many instances had a hit with it. Everyone, not everyone, but many of you listening to my voice know the Isley Brothers had a hit with Who's that lady? Who's that lady? in 1973 with Ernie Isley playing a very Jimi Hendrix-inspired guitar solo. You probably don't know, and I didn't know until my friend Tom Gardner in LA laid the record on me that in 1964 they recorded Who's That Lady for the first time for United Artists. It was an A side of a single. It had Jimi Hendrix on guitar. It was very much a Curtis Mayfield and Impression soundlight record. But l- let me, let me, let's play it for you now, and you compare this in your mind, because I know you, most of you know the 73 version, which was a hit, but this is the 64 version, and it's groovy as well.
5: Who's that lady? Who's that lady? Beautiful lady Who's that lady? Who's that lady? Who's that lady? That real, real, real fine lady I wish somebody Would introduce her to me I didn't get a chance I
6: didn't get a
5: chance to the day to ask her today. It was love at first sight. Love at first sight. I just saw her tonight. Just saw her tonight. And I wish somebody would introduce her to me. I like the way she danced in the dark and disappeared in the night. And oh, she stole my heart. It was love. Who's that lady? Who's that lady? That beautiful lady. The beautiful lady. Who's that lady? Who's that lady? I gotta meet that lady. Who's that lady? And I lady? wish somebody would introduce her to me.
2: I'm told Hendrix is on guitar. I don't know that for a fact. I looked it up. Give me a falsetto. I know my soul records. I knew a falsetto was coming up. Groucho Marx said, oh, your uncle's got a falsetto voice. And Chico Marx replied, no, he's got a falsetto teeth. Okay, right. Rudolph O'Kelly and Ronald Isley are the three original Isley brothers, no longer with us. This is their son, Ernie Isley, was the guitar player that joined them around 1970 in the "It's Your Thing" era. And got them to update that and have a big, fat hit with it. But that's the original version from 1964. It's obviously an attempt to do a Latin Curtis Mayfield kind of thing. Now, they're not the only soul forward slash r band that did that. One of my favorite soul records of all time is Oh, What a Night by the, the Dells that came out. Uh, was recorded in 69. It was a big hit in early, early 1970 for the Dells on Cadet Records. Big hit in Louisville on WLU, WKLO, and WAKY. I used to love the record. It's been recorded a number of times. Tracy Ullman on that album with the They Don't Know About Us, the Kirstie McCall song that Tracy Ullman had hit with. Well, Tracy Ullman had a uh, version of this song. I think it was on that very album. The lead vocals are, of course, uh, the Dells' Usual guys, uh, Johnny Fuchs and, and Marvin Jr., THE Marvin Jr. But let, let me stop now. This is not the 1969 big soul hit that I dug back in high school. This is for VJ Records out of Chicago, 1956. It was a number four R&B hit, and deservedly so. Oh,
4: wow.
2: sing on both hits. The 1956 version that we just heard that's kind of the do-up thing and the more polished urban, not urbane, urban city soul version in 1969 that I knew in high school. All five Dells sang on both hits even though they were a good 15 years apart. I think that's fantastic. Same band, same record, two hit singles. Not record, same song, two hit singles, two different records. Keeping the flow going because you know I got to go where I'm going. One of my big heroes is Magic Sam born Magic Sam McGuette back in the late 1930s in Mississippi. He died tragically right on the cusp of success. I've used him in uh, Sid Griffin podcasts before. A big hero to me for a number of reasons. One is he didn't play guitar. He said he wrote good songs, had a terrific voice, and didn't play guitar like anybody else whatsoever. Like Roger McGuinn, as I've said before in these podcasts, these two men played guitar unlike anybody else before or since. If you play in that style, you're very, very, very much in their shadow. So this is a song Sam originally cut as All Your Love. Uh, for, for Cobra Records and Eli Tosciano back in uh, Chicago. And when you record for a label with a guy who's got a vowel for the, that ends his last name, you just be careful. Is all I want to say. Um, so then uh, years later, he was in the military and his career fell apart and he got out of the army. He didn't know what to do. He had a few singles and nothing was happening. Uh, Bob Kester signed into Delmark Records out of Chicago in early 68. An album came out called West Side Soul with this version. This is the second version of All Your Love. The first version on Cobras, kind of a primitive recording, I thought might be a little too far back in the alley from some of my listeners. So this is for Delmark Records in early '68, and it's All Of Your Love, but it's the same song. <laughs> saying what a voice that burner. that's Sam on guitar the butter yellow stratocaster that inspired me to get a butter yellow stratocaster when I was a long rider track 4 on his album from West Side Soul a classic album West Side Soul on the Delmark label originally recorded for Cobra Records about 8 years earlier and Sam uh, did it again, the same song. Of course, he recorded it earlier as All Your Love, and this is All of Your Love, but it's the same song. Los Lobos loved Sam, or loved Sam. I guess they still love him, but Sam's no longer with us. Sam, again, is no longer with us. Magic Sam died in uh, December 1970, as I recall. Yeah, and the Blasters, Phil and Dave Alvin, and I guess the whole Blasters band, love Magic Sam. I love Magic Sam, and you ought to love him too. Denny Bruce, my dear friend, was going to... Uh, Manage Magic Sam back in the day. He was going to go on the road with the Grateful Dead. He did a handful of shows with the Dead. And not only was he going to do a big national tour of the Grateful Dead, his album deal with Delmark was coming up. Bob Kester's label was coming up. Jerry Wexler was going to sign him to Atlantic Records and the idea of Sam on Atlantic Records. Wow. There's live footage of Sam playing in Germany, August 1969, the tour was. He's using Earl Hooker's guitar, but there's uh, live footage of Sam playing in Germany. It's live in a TV studio, but it's great stuff. It's on DVD. It's a DVD of that tour out, that festival out. I think it's called Festival Something. And it's also on YouTube. So just look up Magic Sam on YouTube and you'll see the footage. He was a hero and he has missed. That's Sam on guitar and vocals. Mighty Joe Young on guitar. Stockholm Slim possibly not his real name at birth, on piano, Ernest Johnson on bass, and Odie Payne on drums. Who is Odie Payne's son? Odie Payne III. So what happened to Odie Payne Jr.? Where did he go? Now moving on to someone who uh, loved his blues and is irreplaceable and is also dead, a man who through several different... He threw string band music, uh, traditional American folk music, elements of jazz and of course blues together and they called what he came out with bluegrass I like to refer to it as redneck jazz this is a song that I know Magic Sam knew this is Blue Moon of Kentucky by Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys and I'll tell you about it in a second
7: blue moon of Kentucky keep on shining Bye.
2: that with the original bluegrass boys with uh, lester flat and earl scruggs of course and it was a very popular record of 46 47 so why did he record it again in 1954 why on september 4th record that again in 54 elvis presley had a hit with it on sun it was elvis presley's first sun single and it did really really well monroe got a, what he called a mighty powerful royalty check mighty powerful which means it was probably six figures. So uh, Monroe thought he'd do it again. Now, his original version was slow, almost like a waltz kind of thing, three-quarters kind of thing, which is why in this version, they break into a more straight-ahead, up-tempo beat and rhythm, which is evocative of the Elvis Presley hit single on Sun Records of some three or four months earlier. So Blue Moon of Kentucky, a hit for Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys twice, and a big, fat hit for Elvis Presley down south when Presley was marqueed as the king of Western bop. Now, I don't know who the new king or the prince of Western bop might be, but I'd like to be the anything of Western bop. I think that sounds great. I would be the Duke of Western bop. If only someone would let me. Anyway, that's Ed Mayfield on guitar. He's no longer with us. I guess most of these guys would be dead. Ernie Newton on bass, the... One of Bill's great things was having a trio of fiddlers to fatten that sound and give it a little harmony. Gordon Terry on fiddle, Red Taylor on fiddle, and Charlie Klein on fiddle. They recorded that, as I said, in 54. And duh, who played mandolin? Well, Bill did. Come on, wake up, pay attention. Monroe was a mandolinist. Final song of the night, last but I pray not least, this is the Cole Porters. Uh, on an album called Native Sons, which I've just done a tour with the Long Riders, and we played it every... No, we didn't play it every night. We played it one or two nights and we got sick of it and moved along. We played a song of mine called Final Wild Sun. I think Steve McCarthy helped me with it. And it was on our album, Native Sons. It was a big deal back in 1984. Only Meat is Murder by the Smiths kept us off the top of the charts as the number one indie band in both the UK and the USA. Morrissey's somewhere laughing at me now. And I recorded this again in 2005. It came out on a Cole Porter's CD called Turn the Water On Boy on the Prima Records label. And this is the bluegrass version of my song cut some 21 years later with a bunch of uh, English folks here in the United Kingdom, of course. And this is Final Wild Son done bluegrass style, if you will. (laughs)
8: Memphis in a cloud of highway dust, rolling to the rhythm of a sound he never hears. He's possessed by something which never comes quite clear, although it might be coming from above. It always brings him down. I'm sorry, Mr. Phillips, about Presley and the rest, but as you know, I'm Elwood's boy, I'm different, I'm the best matches, they all answer to my name. They're believing God above is driving them insane. If I die before I wake, there'll be no soul left to take. Hellfire is calling like some babies that are bawling, knocking round the doors of your life. Yeah, the women and the wine, are just the gigs got left behind you. They gigs, and your life. Tell me what you want to do.
2: The Coal Porters' Final Wild Sun. So that's it. 11 songs recorded twice by the artists involved. And I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. We'll do it again in a couple months or something like that. I want to remind everybody be it Sonia or the man in the street. My engineer is, of course, Kevin Stokes of the band Souther Still. Thank you, Kevin. June 9th, Thursday, I play a solo gig at Topsham near Exeter in Devon at the fabulous Bridge Inn. I hope you'll be there. June 12th, Sunday, I am not really solo. I'm with my friend Johnny Bridgewood, who's going to play Doghouse Bass. In Nottingham, England, on June 12th, Sunday, at the Maze, which is the rear of the Forest Tavern. Hope you'll be there. June 19th, Sunday, I am literally a solo at the Hebden Bridge in, yep, West Yorkshire, the Hebden Trades Club on Home Street. I want everybody to be there. It's just going to be little old me and some fans and some friends, no doubt some supermodels trying to touch me. That's our show. It's been a wonderful show. Thank you to Kevin. Thank you to Sonia. And thanks most of all to you, dear listener, for listening in. I totally, totally appreciate it and don't know what we would do without you. I'm Sid Griffin. You know who you are. This is a Sid podcast. We're signing off. God bless you.